everybody, we'd like to invite you to visit South Dakota through the eyes of local Lou. She'll take you on a tour of lots of things to see and do. So enjoy your virtual visit through the eyes of local Hi, and welcome to a history hike with Local Lou. I'm Local Lou. You may know me from the Local Lou podcast, where I visit historical markers, and I like to look into the local historical events that inspired them. I'm just a local girl learning about history in my spare time. I also love taking walks outside during the most beautiful times of year here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I thought, why don't I bring you guys along with me? Uh, We're going to go on a history hike today. (laughs) So this is a history hike with Local Lou, and if you aren't in Sioux Falls, don't worry. You can catch pictures of this history hike on my Instagram, or if you'd like a postcard map of the hike, stay tuned after the hike to learn how. You can get one for yourself. Today's history hike is just over one mile. It's about 1.3 miles depending what route you take. You can take this quickly and you can take it leisurely. I will walk and talk you through it, but feel free to pause and dip into local shops or get distracted by fun sculptures on the sculpture walk downtown. Yeah, this history hike goes through part of the lovely downtown Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I guess I should tell you where to start though. Uh, If it was me, I would park near the Ark of Dreams. And if you're not from here, you're not sure where that is. (laughs) This is going to be off 8th Street sort of near 8th and Phillips. It's a place called Sharapa Place, if you want to put that into your MapQuest. Do people still use MapQuest? I'm so old. I don't know. If it was me, I would park near the Ark of Dreams. There's metered parking near 8th Street Bridge that turns free after 5 p.m. or on weekends. Or Sharapa Place has visitor parking in a small visitor parking lot as well. And this tour will start and end at the Ark of Dreams. And it really is a beautiful way to start and end this walk. To start this history hike, you should be in the Sharapa Place parking lot looking directly at the Ark of Dreams. You will see a bridge to the left. Let's meander across this bridge, looking at the Ark. I will tell you that Ark of Dreams is an extension of the sculpture walk, sporadically sprinkling downtown Sioux Falls. But as you can see, this sculpture won't be moving anytime soon. (laughs) Dale Claude Lamphere is the artist and creator of this massive installation that is about the length of a football field spanning the Big Sioux River that cuts through 8th and 6th Street on its way to the city's namesake, the Sioux Falls. You'll notice there's a huge gap, this 15-foot gap, where the two pieces of the sculpture should meet, but there's nothing there. And according to the artist, this represents a leap of faith that dreamers must take for their dreams to come true. And for me, this always makes me think of the leap of faith in my favorite Indiana Jones movie, The Last Crusade. (laughs) Now, by this time, we should be on the other side of the bridge. If you want to learn about the people involved in the Ark of Dreams, you can keep walking forward. You'll see some stones and some plaques and some really cool stuff that gives you a little bit more detail. However, we're going to start learning about Fort Dakota. That's what our history hike's on today. And to do that, at the end of the bridge, we're going to take a left and start walking on a sidewalk that leads to 8th Street Bridge. The river should also be on your left while you walk. 
We are now in Fort Dakota territory. Settlers started laying claims in these areas along the Big Sioux River in the 1850s. Fur traders, land companies, a few settlers, and military outposts of sorts. Kind of a small town starter pack for the time period. The military outpost was for protection from the wild frontier that they were infiltrating to domesticate. You should be at four posts along the Big Sioux River. Each of these posts or podiums have a historical plaque on them. However, we're going to focus on Fort Dakota today. Let's read this one. Fort Dakota. On the west side of the river was the site of Fort Dakota. Sioux Falls was initially settled in 1857, was evacuated when the Dakota War of 1862 in southwest Minnesota threatened the settlement, and remained deserted until Fort Dakota was established in the spring of 1865. Troops were withdrawn from the fort in 1869 and the military reservation was open to settlement. Richard Pettigrew and others moved into the old barracks building near 8th Street and Phillips in 1870. Fort Dakota, we now know after reading, Sioux Falls was first settled in 1857, but evacuated and abandoned in 1862. Fort Dakota gets established in 1865 and closes four years later in 1869. Settlers move into the abandoned fort buildings shortly after. We're walking now towards the 8th Street Bridge, with the river still on our left. As I record this, there is a small section of the sidewalk closed due to an awesome bridge renovation project and other construction projects going on in downtown. It should be open very soon and may be open as you listen to this now. However, for me, it's closed. And as you can see, the bridge itself is done. It's gorgeous. And guess what? It lights up at night and so does the Ark of Dreams. So I guess you could say downtown Sioux Falls is pretty lit. Anyways, if this spot is open, you'll walk up the stairs to get onto 8th Street and walk towards Phillips Avenue and then take a right and walk until you see the next historical marker. However, if this area is still closed or you like to go off-roading a little bit, we're going to cut through some parking lots. Be careful. Keep an eye out for cars. You want to head towards the Holiday Inn. You want to stay on this side of the street between the Chamber of Commerce and the spa on Phillips Avenue you'll see a historical marker called Fort Dakota. Yep, they paved Fort Dakota and put up a parking lot. Fort Dakota. Residents fled Sioux Falls City, Dakota Territory, after the 1862 slaying of the Amadins. The town site was abandoned until 1865 when Lieutenant Colonel Pate chose this location for Fort Brookings, a military outpost. Construction began after a 48 oxen-drawn wagon train of supplies arrived from Sioux City, Iowa. Soldiers built shelters for horses, supplies, and the garrison. In time, the post grew in size to 18 buildings and was renamed Fort Dakota. An elevated lookout and military cemetery were added on the West Bluff. An abandoned quartzite building became the commissary, while a new enlisted men's barracks was built of timbers. A 15-foot tall and 30-foot wide round tower was constructed of stone. Two bronze 12-pounder mountain howitzers were mounted on its deck. 
The presence of Fort Dakota calmed tensions in the Big Sioux River Valley. It not only offered new settlers a sense of security, but also routinely fed hungry Dakota Indians who had been banished from their Minnesota homeland. Fort Dakota closed in 1869. Fort Dakota, what we know. Sioux Falls was abandoned in 1862 after the Amadans were killed. In 1865, Fort Brookings was built, but the name would later be changed to Fort Dakota and would have 18 different buildings, including a large tower with mounted howitzers, bringing peace to the Big Sioux River Valley. Fort Dakota would close in 1869, having only been open for four years. We're walking now to the intersection of 8th Street and Phillips. You'll cross the street to the other side of 8th Street, the side with the Holiday Inn on it. Right at the corner that we cross is the historical marker for Dr. Josiah Phillips. Dr. Josiah L. Phillips was born in Maine in 1835. He graduated from a Chicago medical school at the age of 21. After moving to Dubuque, Iowa, he joined the Western Town Company. In 1856, it laid claim to a town site at the falls of the Big Sioux River. Dr. Phillips and other company men arrived a year later to occupy and improve the new town site, Sioux Falls, Minnesota Territory. As a surgeon in the Union Army during the Civil War, Phillips was with General Sherman's army on its march from Atlanta to the sea. In 1867, he married Hattie C. Daggett. After Fort Dakota closed in 1869, he returned to Sioux Falls. Hattie and two-year-old daughter Annie joined him in 1870. The officer quarters of the abandoned fort became the family home. That winter, Phillips surveyed streets and lots from 6th to 9th Streets between Minnesota and Phillips Avenue. His 1861 plat was the first for the village and was the beginning of a personal fortune. He died suddenly in 1882 at the age of 47. Phillips Avenue, a central city artery, was named in honor of Dr. Josiah and Hattie Phillips. Dr. Josiah Phillips, we now know. Dr. Phillips arrived in Sioux Falls in 1857, but would leave to serve as a surgeon in the Civil War. After the war ended and Fort Dakota was closed, he returned to Sioux Falls in 1869. Phillips would take the abandoned officer quarters as his new homestead, where his family would live in Sioux Falls. Phillips surveyed and platted some of the core of downtown Sioux Falls, hence why you're now standing on an avenue named after him, while reading his historical marker. We're now walking north on Phillips Avenue. 8th Street is behind us and the Holiday Inn is to our left. We're staying on the sidewalk walking north until we get to 6th Street. As we're walking north on Phillips Avenue, you'll pass by the historic Orpheum Theater, which opened in October of 1913 as a vaudeville theater. As vaudeville became less popular, though, this turned into a movie theater in 1927. Eventually, the local community theater bought the building and started to restore it, and then the city has since purchased the building. 
Across the other side of Phillips Avenue, you should start to see the Ark again. And you can also see a parking lot across from the Orpheum Theater that has one heck of a group project. It's an awesome photo op, actually, to keep in mind. There are five different colorful and vibrant murals painted by different artists. You can go ahead and head up to the intersection of 6th Street and Phillips and cross the street. We'll need to cross the street anyways. And then you can put me on pause and run over there and take your picture in front of the really cool Sioux Falls mural painted by super talented local artist Zach DeBauer. 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 I'm not sure. By Zach. He happens to be a really cool dude and he also actually gave me some really cool history books. Historical books. Historical documents. That sounds much cooler. Once you've gotten a few cool selfies in front of the murals, we're gonna keep walking north on Phillips Avenue past 6th Street. We're headed towards Levitt at the Falls. If you were to continue walking the sidewalk, you're actually gonna end up at the Falls. And across from the Levitt area is the Jones 421 Market, which showcases some local places to eat, drink, and shop. When you arrive near Levitt at the Falls, you'll be distracted by an awesome historical marker talking about something cool, but avert your eyes. We're learning about Fort Dakota today, okay? So if you have time, you can pause me and look at this, but we're not even gonna talk about it. We're staying on topic. As you walk by, the cool and interesting historical marker about President McKinley being the first president to visit Sioux Falls in 1899, you'll see a beautiful performance park that's Levitt at the Falls, and during the summer, there are tons of concerts and get-togethers there. We're going to go to the huge statue. This is a statue of Richard Pettigrew. We've heard his name on our first stop at the plaques on the podiums by the river. This statue is larger than life, and it sits on a base with four sides, and I think that's a good representation of Richard Pettigrew. He seems as if he was larger than life, and he had a few different sides. I will let you read and learn and decide what you think. The four-sided base has an extensive timeline. We're going to focus on the side with the title Pioneer Years as this is the side that mentions Fort Dakota. Richard Franklin Pettigrew, 1848 through 1926. The Pioneer Years. 1848, July 23rd, Richard Franklin Pettigrew is born in Ludlow, Vermont, to abolitionist parents in the Underground Railroad. 1854, the Pettigrews moved to Rock County, Wisconsin to escape threats and boycotts of their general store. 1856, October, Sioux Falls is first established by the Western Town Company of Dubuque, Iowa. 1857, Spring, Sioux Falls City is established on adjoining land by Dakota Land Company of St. Paul, Minnesota. 1862, August, Sioux Falls site is abandoned due to the Minnesota Sioux Uprising and killing of Judge Amadon and his son. 1865, the military reservation of Fort Dakota is established and quartered near what is now the intersections of 8th and Phillips. 1869, June, Fort Dakota is abandoned by the U.S. Army. At age 21, Pettigrew comes to Dakota Territory as a chainman in the U.S. Deputy Surveyor's Party charged with surveying the frontier for the U.S. government. While here, he stakes claim to 160 acres. Fall. 
he returns east to study law at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, but would never finish his degree. 1860, April 1st, after his immortal 90-mile walk from Sioux City, Pettigrew returns to Sioux Falls, half-starved on the wrong side of the river, with only 90 cents in his pocket. He makes the old Fort Dakota officer's quarters his home while he builds a sod house, breaks ground, digs a well, and plants 20 acres of trees that will become local landmark Pettigrew's Grove. Richard Franklin Pettigrew, the pioneer years, what we now know. Richard Pettigrew arrived in Sioux Falls a few different times, first in the summer of 69, well, 1869, and he stakes claim to 160 acres, and then Pettigrew comes again in April of 1870, this time to live. He sets up to live temporarily in the abandoned officer quarters of Fort Dakota in the spring of 1870 while he builds a sod house. You are now standing in a wonderful part of downtown you are now standing in a wonderful part of downtown Sioux Falls. You have lots of options in front of you. You can keep walking north and arrive at Falls Park and see the Sioux Falls. You can grab something to eat, but we're gonna keep walking. We're actually gonna circle back to the Ark of Dreams. So if you're facing the pioneer years side of the Pettigrew statue, the stage of Levitt at the Falls should be to your right. And there's a walkway that we're gonna use to walk right in front of the stage. The stage should be on your right with the open grass seating area to the left. Hopefully you're not doing this during a concert or an event. That would be weird. There's a large screen to the right as well. And once you're past that, you're going to see a paved path to the right or the left. We're going to keep right and keep walking back towards 6th Street on the paved path between two parking lots. Once you reach 6th Street, you can take a left and you'll be facing away from Phillips Avenue, heading towards some historic buildings and a bridge. You can kind of make a choice here on which side of 6th Street you wanna be on. No matter which side of 6th Street that you choose, there's going to be historic buildings. The north side of 6th Street has the Harvester Building, and the south side of 6th Street has the Manchester Biscuit Company Building, which is now Raven Industries. You know, the place that makes those Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade balloons, or has been for decades. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. You make your choice. If you want to stop and read the copper-colored plaques along the way, they're pretty neat. But we're going to keep on track to Fort Dakota. We have a little bit left to learn. After the historic buildings, we're going to keep walking across the bridge. As you cross the bridge, you're going to get another great photo op with the Ark and the Big Sioux River flowing right under it. Once we're to the end of the bridge, you will see a huge piece of Sioux Quartzite, noting that you are entering the Greenway Trail system. Go ahead and follow the downward sloping ramp until you are walking along the Big Sioux River. The river will be to your right and you're going to start to see these large quartzite pillars. Depending on the time of day and the time of year, you're more than likely going to see you're going to see ducks and geese. You might also hear the clinking of forks and knives and smell a burger. That's because Ode to Food and Drink, a local restaurant, is just up those steps to the left. We're going to go ahead and walk to the pillar that's closest to the Ark of Dreams. 
you're going to see that on both sides of the Big Sioux River are some really cool areas to sit and enjoy this area. You can have picnics, sit and talk with friends. I've sat on the steps of the river plenty of times. You can also chill out in the grass amphitheater areas. Uh, they have these big Sioux quartzite chunks that work as great benches, and I've kind of used them as tables too. But we're going to focus back on these pillars that are leading up to the Ark. They're telling stories about the area and the history. I encourage you to read all of them, but I understand if you just want to read one or two. We're going to read the one that is closest to the Ark. This plaque is entitled Early Sioux Falls. Only one portion of this pertains to Fort Dakota, but I think it's all worth reading as it really feels like a good time to tell you a little bit about Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Early Sioux Falls. Over history, the falls have been revered by many different Native American cultures. No formal archeological digs have been performed at the falls area, but stone tools have been found throughout the region. The area surrounding the falls was likely used as a camp or living area by nomadic hunters, perhaps as long as 10,000 years ago. Mound builders lived in the Big Sioux River Valley from about 580 to 880. The mounds of this area were traditionally for ritual burials. The Onoda moved into this area after 800 AD. They lived an agricultural lifestyle, traveling less frequently than other people. By the 1600s, contact between Europeans and native people revolved mainly around trade. In the 1700s, the Lakota people moved into this area from the east. Native people reportedly used the falls of the Big Sioux River as a seasonal rendezvous. This area was first located on maps in the early 1700s. In 1856, Dr. George Staples read explorer Philander Prescott's description of the falls in Jacob Ferris's The States and Territories of the Great West. Staples and five partners formed the Western Town Company. Together, they left Dubuque, Iowa, with aspirations for founding a town near the falls. In the spring of 1857, the members of the Western Town Company were joined by members of the Dakota Land Company. The Dakota Land Company was based in St. Paul, Minnesota, and had founded several towns along their journey from St. Paul to the falls. Together, they established what was to become Sioux Falls City. In 1865, the military had established Fort Dakota along the Big Sioux River, just above the falls near present-day 8th Street. Fort Dakota eventually consisted of 18 buildings, some of which were reuses of earlier buildings from the land companies. Most of the buildings were located on the west side of the river. The stable was built into the west bank, was 160 feet long, and had room for 50 horses. The ice house was directly across the stable on the west bank. Early Sioux Falls, what we now know. Sticking to Fort Dakota fact, we are learning that Fort Dakota, again established in 1865, mostly on the west bank of the Big Sioux River. If you're on this hike, you're currently on the east bank of the river. So you can look across and you can see the area where 15 buildings were all scattered near what is present day 8th Street. And I guess this stable was huge, 160 feet long, and could house 50 horses. And now here we are, almost standing beneath this beautiful arc where we started. And we've reached the end of this history hike. And you can go ahead and head up that ramp and back to the parking lot. Or perhaps 
you would like an extra stop, one that's not on the map? I know I do. We're going to go ahead. We're walking, we're walking, we're walking. Oh, hey, look, a historical marker for the Mill Dam tragedy. We're walking, we're walking, we're walking under the 8th Street Bridge. And on the other side are three more quartzite pillars with historical information about Sioux Falls. What? We're going to go ahead, and this time we're going to pick the one furthest away from the bridge. You'll note that this is a more recent history installation. So the verbiage and the description of events are going to be a little bit closer to how I would actually say it. <laughs> Fort Dakota. In late 1862, as the Civil War raged on in parts of the South, the Great Plains faced a war of their own, a battle between Native Americans and early settlers of the region. As violence escalated in Minnesota, news of the battles and ensuing violence spread rapidly, scaring settlers into retreat and leaving entire townships behind. Early Sioux Falls was one such abandoned town. Following the deaths of two residents under questionable circumstances, the remainder of the settlers were escorted to a safer settlement in Yankton. The area around Sioux Falls remained abandoned for the next three years. Following this absence, settlers returned to find many of the buildings and forts had been burned to the ground. In 1865, the U.S. government sent troops to establish military posts throughout the Dakota Territory as a symbol of safety. In Sioux Falls, Lieutenant Colonel John Bataille began construction on Fort Brookings on the west side of the river, near present-day 8th Street. The 13th U.S. Infantry, Company D, manned the fort for four years enlarging the holdings from several buildings and a stable to over 18 separate buildings under the new name of Fort Dakota. When the post closed in 1869, the site had grown to house a military cemetery and a stable large enough to hold 50 horses. Once the sense of danger had gone, the fertile Prairie Riverbank land holdings of the fort were highly sought out as a valuable real estate. Although only open for a relatively short amount of time, the establishment of Fort Dakota provided prospective settlers with a sense of security and helped reestablish the town of Sioux Falls. Many of the abandoned forts were converted into use by the families that had settled in the area at the time, providing housing and storefronts for the newly expanded community. Fort Dakota, what we now know. In late 1862, the Civil War is happening in America. A battle in Minnesota erupts between the Native American people and settlers. Early Sioux Falls is abandoned after two residents of the city die under mysterious circumstances. Once the settlers are gone, what was left of Sioux Falls was then burned to the ground. In 1865, Lieutenant Colonel John Bataille begins construction on Fort Brookings on the west side of the river. This is eventually going to become Fort Dakota. The 13th U.S. Infantry, Company D, manned the fort for four years. Fort Dakota would grow to have more than 18 buildings. And let's not forget to toot our horn about the 50-horse stable thing again. Lastly, we learn that Fort Dakota closes after just a few years, and many of the abandoned buildings from the fort are converted into use by the new settlers of the area. So here we are, now, truly, at the end of our history hike with Local Lou. I feel like we learned 
a lot, but it's a real conversation starter. These historical markers and plaques explaining little pieces of this history of Fort Dakota kind of left me with more questions. Luckily, there's episodes of Local Lou podcast on Fort Dakota, Philander Prescott, the Dakota conflict with my special guests, hashtag history, the 1851 Indian Treaty, and even the Amidon Affair. That's going to help you fill in some pieces here and there about what we learned today. Also on my Instagram, I have a reel with a historical marker for the Fort Dakota soldiers along with their grave sites in the historic Mount Pleasant Cemetery here in Sioux Falls. During its four years of operation, Fort Dakota had four soldiers die. Two of them died in 1867 and two of them died in 1868. But I wonder how? Well, I guess you're going to have to watch the reel and find out. Go ahead and check out Local Lou Podcast on Instagram. If you would like a map of this history hike, I have a handful of them. Go ahead and DM me your address on Insta, or you can send it to me, Podcast at gmail.com. I'm going to go ahead and add the email into the show notes. First come, first serve on those, though, guys. If you enjoyed this history hike and have a Sioux Falls area suggestion, of an area that you want me to explore next, let me know. Just so you know, sharing the Local Loop podcast on social media helps my podcast grow and also makes me smile. If you want to take this history hike or find a historical marker that you want to share with me, use the hashtag Local Loop podcast. All the cool kids are doing it. Of course, that assumes that you think I'm a cool kid. If you enjoyed this urban hike in downtown Sioux Falls, don't forget to check out the local businesses along the way. Thanks for listening and see you next time on History Hike with Local Lou. Through the eyes.